Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish Steed. Welcome to the first episode of the At Work in America podcast for 2024. Is that possible? I feel like should we have should have already done the first one. I'm not sure, but my name's Steve Bowes. I'm joined by Trish D. Trish, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am well. I the no, the, the notes uh, tell me I should say Happy New Year. I feel like it's a little late in the year to say that. I'll say it anyway. Uh, it's a little bit into the new year. What's the What's I want to ask you about your kind of resolution goals okay. kind of thing for 2024. But before I ask you that, Trish, I'll ask a simpler question, which is what's the the farthest into a year it's socially acceptable to, to greet someone or wish someone a happy new year? What would you say? I, I think that that is an excellent question. And I would say probably like January 15th is the cutoff. Two weeks. All right. So just a couple right more days. <laughs> Yeah, we're good because I actually sent a note. Now that you're saying this, I think I sent a note yesterday to someone, an email and said, happy new year. So yeah, yeah probably I, by I, the 15th, cut it. Okay. I was on my mind too. I was doing the same thing. I think yesterday, sending an email to someone who I had not, you know, emailed with right? at all yet this year. And I thought, oh boy, it feels a little bit late to be wishing a person happy new year. So I think I switched it up to, you know, hope your year's off to a good start. You know, that oh, version of it, which is. Sort of. We could same, change it up. We could just say Happy New Year from like now till June and see what happens. Yeah, we could. Uh, <laughs> do you make? Are you a resolution person in, in, or an intention goal setting person? I know you're a goal oriented person, but do you do a specific New Year's? Here's my, here's my goal. Here's my. You know, I normally don't. I don't because I don't know that I even like I have sometimes the memory of a gnat. And so I don't know that I would remember exactly what I said. I will say this. I two things. I like to have more of a word because I can seem to remember one word better. My word for this year is unbothered. And <laughs> okay. reason, I am unbothered. And, and here's why. So my sister as one of the Christmas gifts this year cross-stitched a little saying for me. I'm going to read it. It says, one day she remembered it wasn't her job to make everybody happy and she lived happily ever after. And so, you know, it's a cool gift when someone makes something for you. But the more I have read this, like every single day, it sits right by my bed. I kept thinking, you know what? I do that. I constantly, which is probably why she made it for me, I constantly worry about keeping everyone else happy. And if something's not going exactly as planned, it's my job to jump in and fix it. And so that's why I picked Unbothered because I really need to just let all the other adults in my life figure it out. Figure out your own stuff. You're on your own, basically. Your own yeah. Okay. And I like truly, I've only been doing this now for a couple of weeks, right? Christmas was three weeks ago, roughly. And I already feel like the sense of like calm because, you know, my kids are they're twins they're 20 right and things come up and i'm like wow that's that's awful or sad or whatever annoying and now you need to go and handle that so it's been um kind of an eye-opener so unbothered what is your word right. do you have a word um, or an intention you know when i did a podcast recording 
couple months back with our friends at Unum uh, mm -hmm. and they that was one of the questions that they were asking various folks that they had uh, guests on their podcast. We recorded it out at HR Tech. Um, so it was a few months ago. But I said at the time, I thought the word of the year was empathy. That was the word I picked. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. was a little bit more about a bigger trend that perhaps we'll talk about a little bit on the on the show today or or as the year uh, starts to unfold, which was I got this sense of um, we were, you know, pandemic was obviously a huge disruption to everybody's lives, certainly uh, personal lives, work lives, schools, businesses, you name it, right? Every institution around, right, was disrupted uh, immeasurably by it. In sort of the second half of last year, that's kind of the feeling was, okay, it's kind of finally over, even though I know it's not over and people are still getting sick and don't right. message me. I, I'm aware that COVID is still a thing, but the the major disruptions, right? The light, the changes what? to our lives are largely uh, done, right? Or at least mostly done. And so I thought, hey, maybe now we're going to get back to uh, or even earlier in the year, I thought we're going to get back to some of the things that were really important, either pro for the pandemic or during the pandemic. And uh, so I thought well-being and taking care of people, taking care of workers, mm -hmm. taking care of each other, et cetera, et cetera. Like we were maybe it was a little bit optimistic. We were going to like sort of return to some of that. And I was kind of worried because I felt like we spent all last year talking about art artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Especially in the tech space, which is where you and I spend a lot of our time. So for me, I thought empathy was a good choice because maybe it's a wishful thinking thing as well, because I'm a, I'm a real big tech person, but, you know, the technology doesn't really uh, accomplish anything on its own. Right. And so I thought uh, reminding all us all, including me, that oh, this is a people business, right? We're in a people business. The companies that we work with are in that business, too. And uh, so that's why I picked empathy. And it was more about that. Uh, that was a very long answer to a short question. So no, that makes sense. And it was coming up at a lot of different events in the fall, right? That was just kind of a theme that kept popping up empathy, which is now that you're saying that now I'm feeling really shitty about my, my use of unbothered, <laughs> which is like no, the exact yeah. opposite of empathy. I am not. <laughs> yeah. And that word was a little bit more, I, I don't yeah. want to say that was my personal Steve Bose's word kind of thing. Right. Okay. I I'd probably give a different answer to that, but you're not going to be more empathetic this year. Uh, I think you should. Uh, so you be I, more empathetic and I'll sure be I more can. unbothered. <laughs> not sure I can be. Hey, a couple things, Trish. We're going to get into some some other topics for sort of a little bit yeah. of a look back on 23, some look ahead stuff for 24. Uh, no guests today on the show. I just wanted to let nope. people know that who are listening. Um, we are going to certainly do guests in 2024 like we have for 15 years on the show. By the way, Trish, our show hits its 15th anniversary shock uh, in a few months. So we're going to note that, of course, we'll do something special for the actual anniversary, but we'll also do some other new things during the course of the year, maybe bring back some older mm -hmm. things as well that we've enjoyed doing over the years and people have uh, hopefully enjoyed listening to. So we're excited about that. Uh, so on this show, Trish and I want to talk a little bit about, like I said, some of the stuff from last year, some of our plans for this year, some of the things we think will be important, some of our plans for our show and for our business too, we're happy to share. Uh, and also to maybe acknowledge some of the really cool things that have happened along the way. So Trish, I know we must thank uh, one cool thing for sure is our ongoing partnership uh, with our friends at Paychex who are wonderful, wonderful people. Um, maybe we should take a moment and just thank them. 
That's right. I definitely want to thank them. And and before I even do that, I want to give a shout out to them because, you know, once again, right at the end of last year, Tom Hammond came on the show. So if you've not listened to his episode, go listen to that. It's the perfect time of year to be thinking about actually your technology and, and specific things you can be doing to prepare for the new year. So whether it's payroll, benefits, HR, he really came well prepared this year more than ever even and uh, great show. So we want to thank them for their continued sponsorship and just friendship and support of this show and everything we're doing. Um, they are one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Are you ready to drive growth and tackle the challenges ahead of the new year? With insights from 600 businesses and HR leaders, Paychex has just released their 2024 Business Priorities Report, revealing the strategies you need to succeed. With rising interest rates and inflation, along with the struggles to keep top talent and develop leadership, it can be really tough out there. But the report reveals that a whopping 98% of companies are planning to use AI to tackle these issues, and that's just the beginning. It's packed with insider tips on improving employee benefits to automating workflows, and this report is your strategic roadmap to success for the year. So get ahead of the game and download your copy today at paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A, that's P-A-Y-C-H-E-X dot com slash A-W-I-A, business success this year is just a click away. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I love how Paychex is constantly doing research, mm-hmm. sending out reports, updates, all the compliance yeah. stuff, all the, like you said, the show we did with Tom with all the year-end uh, checklists and steps you have to do to get ready for year begin. Uh, companies probably are rolling out W-2s, right, as, as you're listening mm-hmm. to this and all the support that, oh my gosh, the way they do, they process those. It's, uh, oh, it's a whole nother story. You can listen to the Tom Hammond show where he talks about it in more depth. But um, The speed and ease of which they do that now is mind-blowing. So yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. And you know what? Can I tell you, we've been, you know, they've been doing these reports for a number of years. It is always valuable. And it's something you're not going to just read today. You're going to go back and read it. Maybe once a month, right? Put a little tickler file there to go back and kind of check in on your your own organization, right? So it's definitely something they do, not just for their own clients, right? They do it for all of us, which is really nice. Yeah, so great stuff. So some of the things we want to do today, Trish, I mentioned uh, our show's hitting the 15th anniversary uh, coming up in a few months. Some things, especially for new listeners, and I'm remiss because I didn't do this in the end of the year, but every so, every so often, Trish, I'll get a message from someone who is basically along the lines, oh, I just discovered the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I get those probably once every month or so from someone out there. I just had there. one recently. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and sometimes I think, how, how are you just discovering this, right? Like we've been doing this for Students. forever. Yeah. And I think it's younger people, people, Mm -hmm. new entrants into HR, certainly, or people who are transferring into HR, maybe from some other, some other field and wouldn't have been inclined to find this little show. But uh, so I will, I will write up a kind of guide for new listeners soon. I'll do that and put that on the website. But the uh, Trish, the first episode we did on this humble podcast was back in 2009. It was so long ago. I did not at the time even call it a podcast. I didn't call it anything really. We probably didn't adopt adopt the word podcast for a couple of years after that. I don't know how many episodes there are. We stopped counting at 500. There's over 600 now and maybe probably closer to 700. Um, 
we'll probably hit 4 million downloads this year, at least. I mean, I'm sure if we count, if we were able to count them all up, it'd be more than that, but officially 4 million this year, which is exciting. Uh, over a hundred countries are represented. If you look at our downloads, say over the last year and, uh, and we're, so, and we're doing more live episodes. We, we sort of got back to that. It's something we had done in the earlier years of the show, Trish, you and I mm-hmm. at events. And we've done a little bit of more of that this year. And I expect we'll do some more of that in 2024 as well. So more to come on that. Uh, Trish, it's been fun to continue to do this. A couple of different logos, a couple of different color schemes along the way, a couple of different websites, right? So, uh, and and now on the network, of course, and maybe you could talk to some of this because I know you're super proud of some of the partners that we work with and some of the other shows that that get syndicated on this feed. Of course, it's not just us. It's it's our friends uh, Sarah Morgan and the Play by Play guys and and Mervyn Dinan and and more. So uh, anyway, Trish, your thoughts on looking back over 15 years of this? Well, you're right. It's gone through many iterations, but I think it's all been you know positive growth forward. And you're right. We now have. I mean, when you consider the vlog and the workplace minute, I think it's like nine shows under the umbrella. Which I know when you started this in 2009, that was not the intent. But I think that that's a testament to to both you and your sort of ability to be agile, right? Through all different business circumstances, through all different jobs. Um, When I joined on in 2013, which I can't believe is, you know, now 11 years ago, it was January of 2013. So um, I, you know, I started out as a fan and I'm still a fan. And I think that's why it works because, you know, you and I often come at things with different perspectives, which is really good. Um, We've had shows where we've argued, we've had shows where we've you know, agreed on things. And I think that's what keeps it interesting that we're not afraid to give our real opinion and we try and just be very genuine. And I think the guests that we bring on are are in that mindset too, so that you're, you're hearing sort of cutting edge thoughts of what's going on, but it's things that you can relate to. And I think that's what keeps it going. So, yeah. And we have to sort of go back to your unbothered word a little bit. We have gotten over the last couple of years for sure to a place where what the show is, like yeah. we're doing what we want to do with it, what's interesting mm-hmm. to us, and then hopefully in- interesting to to a big audience as well, or a audience. And sometimes, honestly, I don't really even care how much of an audience there is if I think the topic is worth talking about. Agreed. And luckily, many of the things we do talk about here on the show are do resonate with the broader community that we're 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 speaking to. And so I'm happy about that too. But yeah, like in the old days, I might have jumped at saying, "Oh, you know." I don't want to pick on anybody, so I won't name anybody, but, you know, software <laughs> company XYZ is just releasing version, you know, one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five of some product, you know, and the CEO wants to come on and talk about it. Like, yeah. we don't really do those anymore. And yeah. in the past, I would have probably, oh, my gosh, that CEO wants to come and talk on our, you know, let's do, we would have done it for sure. Sure. So we're doing really much, much less of that. We'll say it that way. Well, I and, think too. And doing it, the things that resonate a little bit more for us, uh, I think personally as well. Exactly. I think that like anything, you will see more success if you take charge of your own situation, right? And us talking about something that's not in our hearts is not going to be as interesting. It's just not. So you're right. I, I never focus on how many people might listen to something we, you and I both, we get pitched a lot of things, but we've kind of gotten away from that too, for the most part. We go out and pursue who we want to talk to versus how it used to be maybe 10 years ago where it was, you know, 
several hundred pitches a month coming in. Oh, and there's still to... some, there's still hundreds of pitches. Oh, they're still yeah. there. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, we're much more selective. So I like that. Yeah. I, and you know, as a listener that if you're hearing it on the show, it's because you and I really believe in whatever we're talking about. So yeah, we've got some exciting shows coming up. Obviously the Oscars, I want to at least yeah. mention the announcements aren't even out of who it's going to be. I'm already making my guesses. Um, but yeah, that's a show that we get tons of feedback on every year. Um, we do the Workplace Movie Hall of Fame. I know we have to get one of those probably this quarter. So yeah, lots yeah, of fun we, stuff too. It's not just all business. Yeah, those are some of my favorites uh, as I look back. And, and some of those things obviously will continue the Oscar show, the Workplace Movie Shows. We just did Barbie a couple months ago, which mm -hmm. was a really good, great movie, but a good conversation that we had. Um, the stuff we have in the works, Trish, will be can say this it's fine i can even though i don't know it's it is scheduled we haven't recorded it yet but we have the ceo of autism speaks coming on the podcast yes. soon and i we've done a number of shows about autism and neurodiversity over the years those are some of my favorite shows for a, a variety of reasons and i'd encourage anybody to go back and check some of those out um, and then the things we've done that have been real human interest stories and i think about the the special olympics athletes we've had on the show mm -hmm. um the show we did with Aaron Smith. We've done two shows on second chance hiring. I'd love to do another one this year, Trish, but we've done two shows specifically on second chance hiring, uh, namely giving people who were uh, formerly incarcerated, getting them back into employment opportunities, right? And the challenges around that and the opportunities that they have and organizations that work with those communities. And I love both of those shows. Um, I like the shows that kind of speak to creating or uh, uh, illuminating opportunity for folks who may have um, have had some challenges finding opportunity, right? And that 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 cuts across a really wide spectrum of of communities and people. And we've done a lot of those. And I don't know. I would I would do probably every other show on on that if if we could schedule it. Yeah, I I love all those that you mentioned. And the ones for me that really have been resonating lately are the ones maybe in the last year where we've really tackled maybe benefits that aren't available to everyone just yet. And it's things that are important, whether you're newer in your career or whether you're, you know, mid-career or even ready to retire. Um, so we we had recorded one on menopause, which I, we had never even touched on that topic. We I know we have one in the works with the CEO of a company called MIDI, M-I-D-I, and it's going to be great. And it talks about all the things that you can actually do. And the reason I'm excited about shows like that is because, I know I've mentioned before, I'm a migraine sufferer and I have literally tried everything and it actually impacts your work. You cannot work when you cannot function, right? You can't even think when it's something in your head. And I started working with MIDI, which we'll talk about on another show, but it yeah. like migraines are gone. Wow. Gone. So I think to bring resources like that to people too, just as things to explore that you might not have heard of. Um, because it can actually help your workforce. It's not even yeah. just a personal thing. It's sort of like, you know, if you're if you're running a company, you would want your workers to have resources that are going to help yeah. them. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot of that stuff coming this year. So there'll be plenty of that, some new things, some new, we're going to experiment with some, probably a couple of new titles during the course of the year. Hopefully a couple of new contributors on the network as well. Uh, Trish and I haven't sat down to talk about that yet, but we will shortly. Uh, Trish, a couple things though. We've done this kind of year end, year begin show a number of times over the years. We usually do it a little bit closer to New Year's Day. And one of the things we traditionally talk about, Trish, is the Rose Parade, which is your favorite thing, I think, on earth. 
then the theme of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss over to you to talk a little bit about, did you watch the Rose Parade? What was the theme and, and kind of what, 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 give me your Rose Parade commentary. All right, I'll give you the 30 second version. So if you are really into the Tournament of Roses Parade, which I am, I have been since I was a little girl, I am yet to go and, and see this in person, but I really think next year is my year. I'm going to go, okay. I'm going to do it, I'm going to get out there and do it. Uh, I have cousins out in, in California who are like, come out, we'll, we'll take you, we will go. Um, anyway, the, the theme though to me has always been interesting. I've written about it, I went back and looked since 2012 um, and how it can apply to the work world. And so this year's theme, it was really interesting. It was called Celebrating a World of Music, the mm -hmm. Universal Language. And at first I thought, oh, wow, how am I going to tie that to work? So if you go to the blog, just trishsteed.com, there is a whole article, so I won't go into the details, but it got me thinking about what are universal languages and is that important to us as employers and employees? And and it is important. There are so many times where we talk about people not feeling included. People don't feel like they belong in the company that they're a part of or the department they're a part of. And so especially when we're talking about, you know, we've really been pushing diversity for the last 20 years at least. Now that we are starting to actually see truly more diverse teams, sometimes we don't know how to communicate with each other, right, in a way that's effective. And so I think music is certainly one way to do that, right? And you can incorporate that quite nicely into the workplace. But when I really dug in, it's, um, you know, other sort of universal languages, right? Regardless of where you are in this world is math, mathematics is one, music, uh, body language, food, because people always bond over food, right? You don't have to, you and I have seen that in action, right? We've been to many countries where we do not speak the language, but we go for a business trip and we wind up, you know, wind up sitting down with a, a large group of people and having a meal. And by the end of the meal, everyone's hugging and, you know, like we've, we've figured it out through food. And the yeah. last one is love. And um, I think that those are just some universal languages that, um, Maybe we should spend more time thinking about that in the workplace instead of always, like you kind of mentioned last year was all about AI and automation and machines. Yeah, so maybe this kind of ties to your uh, empathy word a little bit. We need to think a little more about the universal languages, not just the uncommon languages that we all have. Yeah, no, and I think so. I, I think that makes a lot of sense in that it's nicely, Trisha, to the, one of the other things we wanted to at least mention, another one of our, uh, you love the Rose Parade, and it's sort of on your list every year to look out for and to talk about and think about. Uh, I love the Pantone Color of the Year announcement every year. I've been writing about that, my old blog, and it's, you know, going back probably the same amount of time as you and the Rose Parade. And uh, even last year, we did have someone from Pantone on the podcast to talk about the Color of the Year last year. So this year for 2024, they did announce the Pantone Color of the Year. Pantone, uh, Pantone 13-1023 is the uh, the name. Peach Fuzz captures our desire to nurture ourselves and others. It's a velvety, gentle peach tone whose all-embracing spirit enriches mind, body, and soul. We'll have to throw a picture up of, of Peach Fuzz yeah. when we post this um, uh, video. But um so it I ties think right I, to it, doesn't ties it? Ties right in. It color does. And like, yeah, I didn't and think I, of I, color is one. Yeah, color as a universal language. Too, color is you know? a universal yeah, language. That, I get that. Oh my gosh! Sure. 
So I think uh, I think that fits in. I'm sensing a theme here, whether it's like connection, mm -hmm. nurturing, empathy, which I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. music connection. Not being unbothered, about. though, I don't fit. It's, I'm it's, like. Uh... I like it. Uh, well, but maybe we think like bigger. Let's roll this into some of, you know, obviously the work that we do and, and a lot of our partners do is I would to, love that. hey, maybe let's not bang our bang the drum so hard for AI and bang the drum so hard for algorithms and chat GPTs and all these things, whereas those, all those things are important. They exist. They're valuable. They're they ha they're influential. We can't deny any of that. Um, but it's is really what we're talking about, you know, trying to make people's lives better inside work and outside of work, which hopefully is a lot of what we're doing in the work that we do as well. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, uh, peach fuzz is uh, the color of the year. It's a really cool color. I like the color just as a color. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I'll have to uh, find some more peach fuzz duds this year and or maybe I'll buy a new tie or something. Uh, to, you to need to. The but I, knowing, knowing you like I do, and knowing that that is such an important thing, truly to you, the color of the year, and, and it does impact the way you, you think about the year. I went out and looked to see, is there a color palette that Pantone okay. has for the year? And they do, they actually do. Okay. Um, I will run through them very quickly. And if you're interested, please go out on the Pantone website, you can find it. But the color palette, they give it sort of a theme of its own. And so the theme for this year in terms of color as the language is nostalgia and transformation, both. And like using that. nostalgic colors to help you transform, whether that's your wardrobe, your home, your workplace. Um, so uh, the, there are just a handful here. Um, the first is Rubio's Tea, which is a full-bodied red. Watercress, which is kind of a light they describe it as a peppery green. So if you think of like little peppercorns that are still green. Okay. Um, chambray blue. So a very nice. light denim. Orange aid. Mm. Tangy orange, like a bright orange. Um, then you get into kind of the pastels. So there's a desert flower pink, a pastel lilac, capri, which is kind of like a lighter tealy blue, uh, mint lemon drop and the last one is marlin an aquatic blue wow. so i love it sounds like a lot of like um kind of lighter brighter yeah. kind of like with peach peach fuzz right so i think that's the thing it's we're getting away from sort of the dark moody colors and they're you know yeah and last year's last year's color of the year was a deep rich it was i don't know if you remember it was viva magenta was the yes. name of the color so it was this really earthy Mm -hmm. deep burgundy magenta ish even had hints of brown in it like if you looked really closely at it like it yeah. was a rich 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 uh like a fine leather bound book tri uh, trish Ooh, uh, i like that uh, with a mahogany uh, uh spire um so yeah wanted to mention that shout out to our friends at pantone we did not schedule a show this year to talk about it specifically maybe we should have i don't know but uh we talked, Trish, that 2023 was certainly the year of AI, right? It dominated almost everything that happened to, in, in our work world. We did a lot of, we talked about it a good bit on this podcast, uh, events that we went to across the world last year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, was there anything else that really stood out to you besides AI? Because I'm sort of I'm a little AI burned out right now. 
uh, anything besides AI that we say, oh boy, when we spent a lot of time on that in 2023. And I wonder, you know, if we, if we should have, or if we will continue. You know, we did. And, and obviously you and I have our own report that's out on the HCM trends. So I won't go through all of that. The one that's been standing out for me a little bit is, and we called it out is the changing nature of compensation. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with pay equity, of course, but you know, we've seen a couple demos lately and in fact, already this year, and it's it's being incorporated in such a way so that to me, it's bringing some of the, the knowledge around how compensation is determined, how things like your, you know, uh, compa ratios figure into paying employees and deciding how you're going to bring in new employees. Those things are now going to be available to really any company of any size if if they so choose. And so to me, it's about bringing data to help that yeah. equity. So I, I feel like we've we've taken a step there. It was not just we're not just talking about being equitable in the way that we pay people and recognize them. Now we're actually saying, and here's how you do it. So I, I love that big step. I think that's one. The other thing I had looked at the, um, just the consumer electronic trends from their mm-hmm. show, just to see if there were any crossovers. Of course, you're right. AI was a big one that, that went across industries, right? Um, but they, they do a lot around gaming and robotics and things like that. But the one that really started to stand out for me too is, and this kind of even goes back with the colors and design aspect, which I know you're a fan of design, is sort of having things in your home to make it even more intelligent. So the theme around okay. an intel- a more intelligent home, not just an Alexa, right? That's sort of baby step into it. But um, for example, some of the big TV makers now are showing at this electronic show transparent television screens fully transparent wow that's pretty well it's so cool so again if you have not looked into it just look up ces trends you can see what they they found but it's all about bringing a more earthy kind of uh natural feeling into your home Mm -hmm. and that ties to a little bit with the colors like i mentioned but also i was looking in vogue at kind of their trends which are more fashion related but it could be fashion for the home and it says they are seeing that people are nostalgic right just like pantone was saying but also wanting to go back to the feeling the prints the feeling of the 50s and the 80s okay i like it so i kind of feel like it's all tying together a little bit so whether you're talking technology or whether you're talking color fashion music it's it's all about nostalgia i think yeah. is what, what i'm seeing that, that's a big word we'll have to like note that and, and yeah. maybe think about how that might inform some of the the, the work we do as as the year starts to unfold right. uh, i'll add one more thing trish that was uh, you know i love the the macro labor market stuff i mm-hmm. largely still concentrate on the u.s market and i know we have listeners around the world but um one of the big themes for 2023 in that market trish was uh, unionization and representation. There was a number of really high-profile strikes and labor actions here in the U.S., right? The auto workers, the actors, um, UPS drivers, uh, healthcare workers. Kaiser Permanente had a huge labor action earlier in the year. And then things like 
you know, places like Starbucks, the Waffle House, for gosh sakes, like mm-hmm. looking in some locations, uh, getting organization efforts underway and having, you know, some success and some not. Um, the UAW, though, the auto workers are going to push really, really hard this year, right, to try to get into some of the places where they traditionally haven't been. And I think it's a big story because mm-hmm. if they have success in unionization drives in in some of these manufacturing plants, which typically they've had no success in places like you know, there's a lot of manufacturing uh, facilities in places like South Carolina and mm-hmm. Tennessee in Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. And those have not been fertile territory for union organization efforts previously. But we'll yeah. see what happens. Maybe they will be this year. And the, I think part of the reason it's got nothing to do with your your political stance at all this is going to have to do with literal dollars and cents right because Absolutely. the uaw wants some really significant wage and benefit increases right in the contracts that they signed with ford and general motors and stellantis right for those represented workers who are mostly right in places like michigan in ohio sure. right, in, in pennsylvania places like that right in the midwest and, yeah and but huge increases the ups drivers right got a tremendously a great deal for them in terms of compensation and benefits too, right? So that's a big thing for me. I I follow that really closely. I started, Trish, I published the first one on the h3hr.com site, which was like a labor market article. I'm going to do like one per month probably this year. The first one was not about unionization. It was actually about older workers in the workforce and some really interesting statistics about how many people are working into more advanced years in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the rep, uh, labor force participation rate for older workers has gone up a lot. Uh, so that's an interesting piece. You can check that out on h3hr.com. So that was a 2023 thing for me uh, that I think will be, I will think will be a thing in 2024 as well. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, we had identified evolving workplace demographics in general. So a lot yeah, of that ties directly right to that, that, right? And mm-hmm. so we're seeing examples. I will say, and I I apologize, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet. I, I'll tell people there is um, our friends at Drive Through HR, uh, Mike Vandervoort, just recorded a show here at the beginning of the year on union, unionization as an update. So if you're, uh, you know, listening to podcasts, go check his out because he's been, I don't know, for many years, we've been friends since for probably 15 years. He is a, a union expert, right? And so if you have follow Mike Vandervoort or listen to that particular episode, I know yeah. um, he just covered it. So. so we'll have to have a meeting, you know, off the air, Trish, where we talk about some guests we want to get for next year. I would love to maybe reach out to the UAW or maybe some, some folks at Starbucks and, and, and see what's going on there too. Right. Cause that's yeah. kind of the other side of that coin. Um, yeah. People who are living it, it's real right on both yeah. sides. 2024, just there's so many things, right? We have our workplace trends report, which you mentioned, and we have AI of course is, is something mm-hmm. that's going to be reckoning with in 2024 demographics in the workplace compensation shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think frontline and hourly worker emphasis is going to be a big one in 2024 as well. We've started to see more attention being paid to this group of workers where they had been traditionally pretty underserved by both technology and by just, you know, egghead people like us who like to opine about the world of work, right? You tend to just get so focused on what's what are they doing at Facebook? What are they doing at Amazon? What are they doing? Well, Amazon has hundreds of thousands of frontline workers, so maybe that's not a great example. But we just don't think about that as much as we should. 
Now, some of the groups that we work with, some of the great partners that we've had, of course, our sponsor paychecks, right? Mm -hmm. They're serving small and medium-sized businesses all over the country who are largely comprised of frontline and hourly workers, right? So I do think more attention, more emphasis, more conversation about those folks uh, is on on is due for in 2024. And, and we'll be having a lot of that here on this show too. Yeah. I also hope we can touch on at some point in the year, and maybe it's in conjunction with one of those episodes on tipping fatigue, because that's been coming up. Um, and I read an interesting article. I'll look it up before we ever do a show on it, but it was, I just read it within the last couple of weeks here. And it was talking about how the more that we tip as the consumer, we're actually hurting the employees because it takes away, depending on the state, again, we'd have to get some experts on here, but um, it takes away the employers, I don't say right, it's like they, they would have to pay the employees more unless they get a certain amount in tips. Well, then, so if we're taking that on, it, it gives the employers an out not to pay them more. Yeah. It disincentivizes the yeah, employers from the actually raising base wages, right? Yeah. Uh, I'd love to get into that, that some way. more. There's a couple of higher profile organizations in the U.S. in the service industry or in, in, in food services particularly have moved mm -hmm. away from tips, right? And have moved to just straight um, yeah. straight hourly wages for their service workers. I'd love to maybe track that down this year and, and talk about that and maybe a little bit more in depth. Um, yeah, it's a great, great one as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be an exciting year. I guess the last thing for me, Trish, we wanted to mention, we sent a couple times and at the top, it is our 15th year. We've got some new things planned, some fun things planned. We're going to go back to some of our old things that, that, that we have done in the past that we like too. But one of the things we're going to do more of this year is uh, try to make the show just a little bit more available, a little bit more accessible. We're mm -hmm. going to start with this show, I guess. It'll be the first one po posting the full show videos or most of the show videos anyway on YouTube, right? Which we've never done. And I know that's not a brand new thing in the world of podcasting, but it's just new to us, right? Yeah. We have not worried about putting a video version of this show out before on We've done it once or twice, maybe over the years. So we'll be doing that. Uh, we'll be doing more other video, more LinkedIn lives, more uh, uh, workplace minutes. Workplace minute is going to get on YouTube as well. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, work breaks, more work break live shows with you and I. And, and again, sometimes from events, sometimes with some of our partners and friends along the way. So uh, we'll be leaning into that some more too. So uh, we produce so much content for just a small organization, right? Or three person organization. <laughs> I, I I hesitate to like throw us into, okay, we're going to do more content this year, but we'll see if we will or not, but it's already well, a tremendous amount. But, yeah. It'll be different content, right? We're going to just shift gears a little bit and you might see some of the things we've been doing that go away and you might see some things, you know, like you mentioned, and it is true, we're going to be out and about more with the show, right? So Instead of just at the big events, we're going to be more in different um, organizations, talking to the teams there, you know, individually so that we can have a, a better perspective on both product and on what employees need. So that'll be fun too, taking the show on the road more. Yeah, it's going to be a great year though. I'm really excited. Like I'm jazzed up for the year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I'm empathetic. I learned that. Are you empathetic? I, I am you're unbothered. A, you're unbothered. <laughs> But uh, so <laughs> let's give out a couple things again. We might have some new listeners who, and if you made it to the end of this show with us, with Trish and I, thank you. Kudos to thank you. you. Um, our company is H3HR Advisors. We're at h3hr.com. 
This show is At Work in America, part of the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network, Media Network. I said that wrong. The Media Network. Uh, you can find all the our archives on hrhappyhour.net, wherever you get your podcasts, including now YouTube as well. So, uh, And thanks, of course, as we said earlier, to our friends at Paychex, who are with us again in 2024 as a sponsor of At Work in America. Uh, we we uh, care so much about them and thank them for all their support. And Trisha, it's going to be a great year. I'm excited. I am too. See, aren't you glad we waited a few days into the new year to record? I did. I wanted it to get super <laughs> cold, get it to be about zero degrees. So I didn't want to do anything but sit inside my office and record. So <laughs> I hear it's uh, even the cold here from, from where I am in Colorado is coming your direction next. So gear up for tomorrow. All right. Well, All I can thank say thank you, uh, <laughs> Trish. As well. Thank you so much. I'm excited. It's going to be a great weekend. I didn't mention 2023, of course, was the year of Taylor Swift. I am wearing my friendship bracelet. Oh, I gotta, my goodness. We had to mention her, didn't we? I, I made this on New Year's Eve. I'm excited. Hey, can I tell you, though, if you want more info on the music scene, go check out the latest episode of the Play by Play podcast. They cover a lot of end of year things. That's our Gen Z podcast hosted by Jack and Nick. And they talk a lot about Taylor. They've got a lot of facts and figures out there and Taylor and Beyonce. But they made a prediction that country will be the new music genre for 2024. So country, we need to yeah. see if that's it. I'm going to go see Hootie and the Blowfish who are put, oh, have, have, they've gotten back together. They are together. not together. They, are they're they? doing a tour this summer. I'll be what? seeing them in June. I'll buy you a ticket. You should no, come. So, I don't want right. to go. <laughs> for Trish Steed, for Hootie and the Blowfish, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We will see you next time. Check us out on everywhere you get your podcasts. Bye for now.